The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the top of the hour, 2 p.m. on the East Coast, 11 a.m. on the West Coast. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davids from Beanstalk SEO. And in about 15 minutes, Dave and I are going to be joined by uh, international SEO extraordinaire and uh, well-known man about town, David Temple. Uh, th- that's going to be great. Uh, Dave, how you doing today, bro? I am uh, doing fantastic. I don't have quite the weather that I, I am used to here where I get to mock uh, my East Coast friends. But uh, other than that, you know what? I, I'm, I'm trapped in an office anyway. So there we are. Better off, <laughs> better off there than here. It's, it's freaking cold here, dude. Yeah, it's, it's dipping down. It's sitting in the, uh, well, I guess for our Canadian listeners and, and UK listeners, um, somewhere in the, in the mid, uh, mid to low teens. And uh, so, you know, for, I guess, our, uh, our U.S. friends, that's somewhere around, uh, around mid to high 60s, I suppose. So. Yeah, um, that's about where we're at, too. It, uh, it got down to freezing last night, pretty damn close. Yeah. You okay, know well, then days, I will mock you. Hmm? Today's September the 15th. In five days, my cousin David from California is moving up to try out Canada for the next for six months. Ah. Um, yeah, he's in for a surprise. <laughs> but even better, I was on the I was on the phone today with uh, with my business partner Alan Connect, and uh, he's helping Media Bistro plan a social media conference in Toronto. Now you know how the conference schedule is is, is crazy. Like every month, there's two or three different conferences. Um, yeah, including one actually in Vegas in two weeks. Uh, uh, Digital, Digital World Expo. Digital World Expo. Thank you. Um, but I digress. Media Bistro is holding a social media conference in Toronto in the middle of January, and apparently they're having a hard time getting some getting getting uh, guests to come up here in the middle of January. <laughs> really? Because I can't think of anywhere I would rather go mid-January than than Toronto. Well, you know, I suggested your name, right? Oh my! Absolutely, you and Christina. But, I would love to see Christina up here in the middle of January. See, she, and and Brasco. I, I'd love. To, I want Webmaster Radio to come up here. Notice, just, not, just, notice, just Jim's not see. trying to say Christine's last name. Christine <laughs> Shackinger. <laughs> yes. Now, you know what? You know what? I've taken a pronunciation course, and I can get anything now. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> I think it was one of those weird neurotic brain blocks that I have, like. Like you know, you you know the fortune cats in the in supermarkets, you know, like the Japanese fortune cats. Oh yes, yes, yes. You know, I'm I have to say hi to them whenever I pass them, eh? <laughs> and that's just one of those weird brain blocks I have, and I, I I haven't gotten past that one. But pronunciation I solved sometime in the last couple of weeks, and actually I think it was Gary Shuchuk that uh, that got me past it because if you can pronounce that guy's last name, you can get anything. 
<laughs> so it's now a matter of pride here on Webcology to get the guest's name right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, now that we've got our today's guest is uh, it's going to be easy. I think we can all pronounce his name right. So, um, so we'll, we'll we'll be fine there. Um, Something I want to chat with you about and, and, and see your uh, your take on it. Um, I assume you've seen and, and most of our uh, most of our listeners probably have, and if not, you can do a quick search. You'll see it. Um, some minor adjustments to the search engine results pages. Um, for those that don't know what I'm referring to here, um, we had a, the the change fairly recently. I'm sure everybody's aware of this one. You know the you know the the darkening of the bar up at the top and stuff, um, and then now down below, um, you know where you know, after you've run a search and you've got the Google logo in the search box, um, they've they've widened the space um, where they would show the search result numbers. They they've made it a little deeper. Added the word search below it. Uh, or, um, sorry, to the left of it, right underneath their logo. Um, now, the thing that I found interesting about this, and it was actually, um, I'm sure your friend of mine, uh, Mr. Danny Goodwin, um, had actually sent it out and, and noticed it before I'd even run a search. I came in in the morning and had this email going, hey, can you check? Are you are you seeing this change as well? At that time, some had some some hadn't seen it. That was just a few days ago. Um, the thing that I found interesting about this, too, uh, as well as Danny, is, is what it seems to be effectively doing is is shrinking down. It, it pushes down where the search results are coming in just just bits, right? Like it, we're we're dealing with with just you know a few pixels, um, and then every you know we're we're constantly seeing these sorts of things where things are just moving around just just a few pixels here and there. Um, and what Danny called and and he's a hundred percent right, and you can do some screenshots from before and after. Um, is it once again? If you've got those those uh, paid listings above the organic listings, it's just further shrinking down um, the prominence of of the organic listings in in Google's search results. So I did find that a, an interesting move on their part. I wonder how it's going to play out if they if they further downplay these these organic listings in in favor of. You know, giving emphasis to their paid, which I don't really blame them on doing, but I do wonder where is that cutoff line? Where does it become something that users are no longer willing to accept anymore? And where does it become what Overture was? Um, you know, back in the late nineties, <laughs> um, like Google isn't a paid search engine, right? Like that's, I mean, yes, they add revenue. We, we all know this, and 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 they do a fantastic job at that. But we come here for search. Service. If they're moving the visible surface around, that's what we'll, we'll, we'll call the uh, the area that that any type of result is returned the visible surface. Mm-hmm. If, they're, if they're playing around with that by a couple of pixels here and there, I wouldn't worry about it too much. It's when you start seeing them inserting specific types of search results that they're trying to promote. In this case, um, paid results, um, but in other cases, you see them inserting local results. Um, uh, you can see. Uh, during when there's an event going on, you can see like uh, special results about that event. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I start questioning what Google's up to. Um, playing with a couple pixels here and there, if they're really intending to shrink the visible surface area where where, where organic results appear, um, if it's only if what what you and Danny noted was only a couple of pixels, then it sounds, you know, pretty incremental. Um, it, it was probably it, it, about... Maybe they're trying to do it, like, pixel by pixel every day so that nobody notices it. Eh? 
Right, like shrinking somebody's cubicle one inch a week until eventually they get stuck. Well, the thing that was interesting, and I, I of course, viewed it in a few different resolutions and stuff, and there were some um, where it could have a dramatic impact, where all of a sudden now four weren't listing, where, you know, you would see the first three organic, but at least you'd start to see, you know, part of um, the fourth organic listing coming in there, and now it's completely below the fold right so just just further reducing so now the vast majority of the space is taken up by um by these paid results as opposed to the as opposed to the organics so um just an interesting food for thought and i do wonder because it's it's been a few of these things sort of one after the other that have that have come in and it's like are they pulling the you know moving the cubicle wall in by an inch a week or something like that, you know, sort of trick that's played in, in some offices and, and sort of going, okay, and now now we've tested this, let people get used to it. Okay, now can we, you know, just five more pixels, right, and put something else there. But you bring up a great point is when they're starting to inject all this all this other stuff. Um, and, of course, as, as SEOs, I think it's very frustrating for us because many of these things, and you bring up events, which is, is a great example, um, as a user, this may be perfect. As an SEO, I hate it. <laughs> so when this happens, right, this unpredictable nature of of, um, of things, where sorry, the searches have been like radically unpredictable for for the last two or three years. For instance, to get back to the event thing, there may be a Toronto Blue Jays game happening, you know, live here um, right now. So that would be reflected in search results seen in Toronto if I somehow typed in something to do with Blue Jays or baseball. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't see that out there in Victoria because you know you're more aligned, just geographically more aligned to the Mariners. We're seeing totally different result sets. Um, your your search for information on Blue Jays would return stuff about birds more likely than baseball, mm-hmm. um, and that. I mean, you, you remember, I think it was about four and a half years ago when um, regionalization started becoming uh, increasingly factored into result sets that were shown in you know, different places. That changed mm-hmm. the SEO game. That made, made Google way less predictable. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, think of the myriad of signals that might get reflected on a search result page. Um, it's really hard to tell what's going to be coming up, which... You know, oh, hey, quick note, action item, um, which, leads, <laughs> which leads me to think that, um, that SEOs, it's not just about, like, web page optimization anymore. Um, it's now about managing all the information around that web page, you know, managing the message that that, that page or document was, was trying to express, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you might have a YouTube video appearing on the front page of SERPs these days. So maybe your product, service, or client needs to be producing video stuff, and you need to be optimizing it. Mm-hmm. As an example, I mean, it's, it's totally unpredictable. There's so much media out there that can get ranked. It is, and I mean, it's, it's in one case it's a curse, and in one it's a blessing, right? Because it is this unpredictable nature, so what do I do? Um, at the same time as expand, Google's... young man, expand. That's what you Well, do. that's... And that's exactly the thing is, is as Google's going to be looking at it, well, you know, you're a company, you're a marketer, we want to provide the best results, and so you should have a presence 
as broadly as possible. So um, in one case, it's a bit of a curse. And in the other hand, it's like, well, here's here's more, you know, as an SEO and, and, a, and a marketing agency, hey, here's some more billable services that we can do to make sure. Um, and then, you know, that, that catch-22 of, well, if you do it all, or if you're an agency or, or a company, you're going, well, you need to do it all because here's here's the environment around you. Well, but then what if, you know, six months pass, how do you tell the, your client, well, uh, yeah, I know video never showed up, but, you know, we needed to hedge our bets. And, well, the, yeah, but that cost me 30000 I know. Well, <laughs> I know, I mean, very expensive. You, you, you make the video show up somewhere. That's how. Well, and, and there's, there's where it goes to the other side. I mean, there's, there's some people who make very, very good traffic off YouTube and, and things like that. So um, as long as, I guess, you're, you're thinking ahead, you're, you're going to do fairly well. Um, and also, you've got to train your client, too. I mean, like, this is, this is a best attempt service. Um, I don't know what to, what to say about that. It's a SEO. Um, and, 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 and incidentally, having a video isn't for everybody, isn't for every client. But No trip. Um, I have a client now who's starting to incorporate uh, that large e-com page I've been working on for the last, like, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to put video of each of their products and each of their pages. And some of the video is going to show and some of the video is not. And it's pretty damn pricey to produce. But... Um, you know, if I do my job right, then they'll get a lot more traffic. Right. And and probably, given that this is an e-com site selling, you know, high-end items, they'll that the people coming to the page are going to be predisposed to make a purchase because they just saw a thirty-second commercial, mm-hmm. and now they have the chance to buy it. So, I mean, we've we I hadn't thought this before, but we've actually come to the point where the web is, you know starting to mimic infomercials or allow us to mimic to mimic the spontaneity of an infomercial that's kind of very true very true and and i i will say the more media um areas that that a client or or a company can get involved in obviously the better position they are i mean that's just you know we we know this to be true i mean nobody can really debate this provided that the cost of getting there wasn't prohibitive to the point where it's damaging to your company. Um, one of the other things on, on a slightly different note, though, since we're on the topic of, of the way Google um, shows results pages, I think one thing that, that is rightfully frustrating, and, and hopefully Google can figure this out through the, the use of personalization, if nothing else. Um, I'm sure you've seen it. I just encountered it with a client this morning where they're seeing themselves at just an awesome position. Um, and then I do general searches, and you know they're, they're still positioned on the first page, but, you know, if we, they're calling me going, I don't even know how you did that. And I'm like, no, okay, it's, it's, it's good. You know, we just got you to the, you just jumped over to the first page. That's great. But you, you're not actually number two right now, but he's seeing himself at number two. And that got me thinking one of the big problems is, and I, you know, I can't get the client and especially now that I've given the position, I can't get the phrase, but, um, the, the, the phrase itself has nothing to do with anything that would regionalize, but because he's located, um, in the same city as as his business, uh, you know, places, pages, and stuff like that is located. Yep. He's seeing so himself he's higher, himself. but there's okay. nothing inherent in the phrase that would indicate at all that that this should matter, that that his location should matter. And so it's it's one of those interesting things. And I, I you know, I went in through proxies and I checked it. Yep, I can verify the same listings from the same locations. And, and you just have to go. How is this is something Google does need to address? They need to get a better well, understanding if they're going to adjust. They have Pardon sort me? of. They have sort of. Oh um, yeah. If you use Google Webmaster Tools, you can see where a page tends to rank based on mm-hmm. the on the keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in the age of personalization and the age of you know uh, mixed media results, etc., honestly, the best we can do as SEOs when we want to give that sort of bird's eye overview is um, use Google Webmaster Tools and say where they tend to place in various result sets. And then you get into the spiel about regionalization and personalization affecting result sets. And halfway through your explanation, your client is lost anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I was boring myself talking about that. Wow. (laughs) But it must get even weirder weirder when you're dealing with international clients. It must. And I think we're about to find out all about that. Um, We have waiting... Um, waiting for us, we have David Temple, international SEO. Um, I think he's actually back in North America now, but he's spent the last decade living in Singapore. And I have, I don't don't know about you, Dave, but I have about a gajillion questions I want to ask about. Of course. um, About the the, the Chinese market, the Asian market, the flow of economy over, you know, it feels like everything is moving east. And we just got message from studio that David Temple is actually on on hold, standing by. So it's a good chance to regroup, our, a good time to regroup our thoughts. We're going to take a commercial break here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stay tuned, friends. We're joined by the legendary David Temple after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. November 16th, 2004. The beginning of WebmasterRadio.fm and its immediate impact on the internet business world. Ad tech. Afcon. Search engine strategies. Conversion conference. Search bash. Affiliate bash. We bring you the most extensive and detailed trade show coverage. Coast to coast and worldwide. Trade show coverage delivered your way. Download it on demand now. On webmasterradio.fm. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's uh, just past 20 past the hour, and we have with us, live from San Francisco, although now relocated in Austin, David Temple. David, welcome to Webcology, and uh, welcome back to North America. Hey, thanks, Jim and Dave. It's it's great to be back. I can't emphasize that enough, but it's been a, a, a wonderful adventure as well, and uh, it, it's just great to be back. And thanks for having me on the show. Well, you've been you've been around the SEO industry for a long time. Um, as a matter of fact, just for a, a, a bit of a recap, um, newer SEOs you might be given for not knowing David, but if you've been in the industry for you know, more than five or six years, you've read, listened to, and hopefully have had the, the pleasure of actually meeting David Temple. Um, David, you were the regional head of search marketing for Neil and Ogilvy in the Asia-Pacific region. You were living in Singapore. Um, you've worked with Adobe, British Airways, Cisco, Intel, Motorola, Samsung, um, and you were one of the guys who actually put Find Law on the search engine map back in the day. Um, that's an amazing, amazing uh, CV and, and, and career. Um, what brought you back to Austin? Well, um, one of the things you left out there, for the last year and a half about, I've been working as a global search lead for Dell. So uh, my wife and I would... Um, two or three times came from Singapore to Austin and loved the city. There's a lot going on there. I, I always thought Texas was like a desert with just short shrubby trees, but uh, a lot of trees there, a lot of greenery. Um, and Austin is a, is a really fun city. So uh, we decided to, um, to move back to Austin regardless of um, where I was at or who I was working um, for. Okay. You, well, you just spent, um, what I'm estimating is is almost a decade living in one of the fastest growing and fastest based economies in the world in Singapore. Um, what, what was that experience like? Well, it wasn't quite a decade. Over the last 10 years, I've been in and out of the country or living in Asia for probably seven of 10 of those. Um, some of those in, in China um, and then in Singapore. But the last four years, it has been Singapore, and that is a beautiful place. It is a tropical island. There's flowers everywhere. There's trees. There's it's really beautiful. Um, there's and you've probably heard that the laws are very strict there. So there's no graffiti. There's no gum on the sidewalk, um, and and it's a really well run and just thriving economy. A big financial uh, base. You know, it's an island, so there's not a there's not a lot of homegrown uh, industries, if you will, um, a lot of financial there. And, and it's just amazing to see an economy that just flourishing like that. You know, every other car is a, a Mercedes or a Bentley or even taxis or even Mercedes there. So a beautiful place, but I think after, and, and you know, they speak English there, so it's what everybody calls Asia light. Uh, again, a beautiful place, but after four years, I think it was it was time to move on. But a great place to also get to uh, China, Indonesia, um, you know, all the Southeast Asian uh, countries. So, so my wife and I really enjoyed it, and and um, career-wise and professionally, uh, learned a lot about the uh, Asian search engine marketing. And then again, the last year, I've been doing global search for uh, Dell. And 
Um, There's a, a real sense in, uh, well, in, in, in our industry and, you know, just in general with, with, with the economy that the energy is moving. Um, China is now the world's banker, and actually we now see it politically calling, calling shots around the world. Um, from a research marketing perspective, how is the market in Asia right yeah, uh, growing fast. Let's, let's just talk some numbers. Right now, in China, there's over 500 million internet users, and, and you know, at the end of the year, it's expected to grow to 550 million. Now, you can you can quibble about those numbers, but even if you take 20 percent off, that's still quite impressive. I think the second thing that's happening, in particular in China, but even in Southeast Asia. Um, the middle class, there's a growing middle class. So these people that are getting online have disposable income. Um, when I first arrived in Asia, uh, you know, seven years ago, nobody was buying anything online. Credit cards are just foreign to to the uh, to really the Southeast Asia, in particular China. Now that people are becoming more trustful of that, now that they do have disposable income and, and can use maybe a debit card instead of a credit card, um, e-commerce online has, you know, it's the hockey stick effect and it's just taking off. So the, the market is really growing there. Um, people understand, I do, sports in China and, and to talk about, to re- Earlier, we were talking about how the, the pixels are moving down, and it's, it's you know, you're mostly seeing the paid search. Uh, Baidu has something called Brand Zone. So you can take over the SERP, basically, um, you know, depending on how much you want to spend. And I see the same thing happening with Google, where a brand like Dell, for instance, you know, we, we basically own the first page. So, um, you know, I. I I think that uh, a lot of times people say that the Chinese companies copy the, the Western companies, but, but there's many cases where the, the opposite is true. Um, how long have you been back in Austin for? Just two weeks. I actually, I actually just moved in um, into a house, uh, me and my wife did, and then I uh, flew out to San Francisco because I have a new role that um, – like to share, if you'd allow me. Oh, please do. Okay, so my new role is the global director of PPC Associates. I think a lot of your audience might be uh, might know them pretty well. Um, David Rudnitsky is the CEO, and just a just a great organization that already has global search, which um, I'm sure everybody in the industry is hearing more and more about. More and more clients are asking about that. So my role is is to help those uh, clients go global. You know, everybody thinks, okay, I'm I'm doing I'm doing search engine marketing, and I'm you know on the internet, so I must be global already. But there, there's a lot more to that, obviously. Well, you know what? That's a uh, a good segue, and we have five minutes before we have to take our next break. So, thinking about uh, you know marketing internationally, and I think a lot of North American companies are looking to expand away from their their regional or national base. What are we missing? When we're, when we're thinking about marketing internationally, um, what are we up to? I'm sorry, I missed that last part. Well, what are we missing? Um, as you just said, um, people assume they're on the internet, so they're dealing with an international marketplace, but you say that we're, we're, we're missing a couple components. What are we well, missing? Well, I, I think the, uh, 
that's a good question. And I think the main component that people, when they think of a global strategy doing globally, aren't really thinking about localization. Uh, and, and that's the key. I mean, um, let's take China again, for instance. In the U.S., we're, we're pretty homogenous. Something you market to somebody online in, in uh, Seattle is going to be not much different than in Miami. Um, but in, in a place like China, um, Beijing and Shanghai and Guangzhou are, are like different countries almost. So really, the I think the, the biggest thing that people are missing that think they're global is that lack of localization. They might translate their keywords. They might do things like that. But uh, but again, that's 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 not taking into account the, the local needs and the local messaging and the local, you know, you could go on and on about that. So that's difficult to do because that's difficult to scale. You can't have people on the ground everywhere. But I think you, you do need you do need someone on the ground, particularly when you're dealing with a country so different as uh, China. But but again, that's true. I think across the board. Does um, now Baidu is Baidu is China's Google. Um, it's so popular, in fact, that Google is um, minuscule compared to Baidu in the Chinese market. Does it take regionalization into account when uh, serving up search results? Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, and, and I can tell you that, that Baidu is being very aggressive about not being just the China search engine. You know, they – and again, these numbers are, are you know, disputed as far as but, – but typically, uh, Baidu has about 60% of the market share, Google about 20%, and then search engines like SoGo and SoSo and – things like that, pick up the rest. But definitely because Baidu is in Chinese, in fact, they just made an agreement with Bing to serve up Bing's English results, indicates to me that they're thinking globally as well. They're not good. They don't want to be known uh, as just the China search engine. They want to be a, you know, a global player and they want to compete with, with Google. Um, they've kept Google at bay in China and, and they think they can do that in other areas, particularly in Southeast Asia. Would um, how, how to phrase this question properly? I don't. I don't mean to be overtly political, but I do know that a lot of people in North America in North America have um, a, lot, a good deal of mistrust when it comes to information that has to go through, say, the Chinese government. Um, would you trust Baidu results? Baidu results? Um, yeah. Sure, I trust them a lot more than I initially did. Initially, maybe the top three pages were paid search results and then they understood that they had to start delivering some organic so they've they've certainly fixed that and now it's a it's not exactly like google but more the more the google model as far as the results um yeah i think i think the the, the question is is you know are you willing to do business with china and and i you know i don't think you can i think you almost have to i mean if you try to boycott chinese goods um it wouldn't do you any good because everything's coming from China. So I think we have to you know, balance that. Um, but they've made great strides for sure. No, I'm going to jump in because we, we sort of glossed over uh, a point. Well, didn't gloss over it, but just quickly covered a point. If, if we had a, a major engine with, with impact to, to hundreds of millions of people now feeding the results of another significant engine with, with hundred million, if it had happened in North America, like the, the Baidu now feeding Bing results, 
this would have been huge news and, and Jim and I would have chatted about it as would every other show have chatted about this thing for, for hours. You obviously know far more about this because you're, you're experienced there than, than myself or, or most of our listeners. How did this come about being and, and did they, did Baidu choose Bing because Google's their main competitor there? What exactly was the story behind this? I'd really like to know that myself. That, that there's not as much transparency in those kind of deals as there is in the, in the West, perhaps. But I think it was as simple as you know, Baidu. Baidu's not going to do anything with Google. Let's let's uh, put that clear. Um, but I, I think Baidu realizes, and again, um, Baidu is is thinking growth, thinking global, and they need to have some English results in there. So um, however the case happened, I think um, Bing's trying to you know, grow the market share. Microsoft has a great presence in China and has, has been there for a long time. So um, I think that's how it came about. I'm sure that the, the Microsoft people and the Baidu people know each other pretty well. I know that Baidu recently hired a, um, I don't know what his role is, I should, a, a global spokesman. His name is Kaiser Quo, K-W-O, and he's done a, a great job of kind of making Baidu a little more transparent and, uh, and um, kind of bridging the gap between the uh, other countries and the other search engines. So he might have had a role in that, too. I, I can't say, to be honest, but, you know, that's my speculation there. No, I, I got one more question. Well, actually, I've got a whole litany of questions, but I've got one. Then we'll go to break, and then and then I've got some more on this on the same tangent, and and it relates to uh, people in North America or or in Europe expanding in, into the Asian market. So, I guess is let's start with this: Is Bing uh, a way for into China for for Western businesses? Like, should we be now focusing on Bing if if what we're actually trying to do is 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 to get into um, the Chinese market? Yeah, bingo. That's exactly that's exactly what what um, I would advise someone is if they don't, especially if they don't have a, a Chinese page or a Chinese present. Nevertheless, I, you know, it's still localized. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a good first step. Make sure you have good results in Bing, and if, if Baidu serving those results um, for English queries, you know, you definitely want to be in Bing. Um, it's not going to help you to be in Google if you're trying to break in through Baidu. But but I think we all know you want to be in as many search engines as you can. But that was that's a great strategy, a great tactic, Doctor. Good idea. Okay, that's uh, that's enormous news. And I you know, luckily we have two minutes to let our brains percolate on that. We have to uh, leave it at that for a few minutes, David. I, we can get you to stick around for another twenty minutes or so. We have to take a quick break here. Um, friends, listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedrick from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from. Beanstalk SEO. We're joined by David Temple. Um, stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. As you know, being an expert at f- <gasps> What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa. You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language. Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, Blackberry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone, as well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. Drop into the Webmaster chat room. WebmasterRadio.fm. Clothing is optional. WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. As uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Like SEO, we're joined by international SEO expert uh, David Temple. David, just before we went to break, um, Dave noted uh, in, rea- in, in reaction to something you said about Bing that Bing may well be the entrance to China. Um, I want to revisit that that initial statement. Um, Baidu is serving up. Bing results in English in China. Is that correct? That is correct. So let, let me add a caveat to that. There's not a lot of searches in English in China. Probably, probably when people are searching online in China, naturally they would, they would search um, predominantly in their native language. So, so I think this is also Baidu's way to get English results in there. So non-Chinese speakers will start be using Baidu too. So, so, so it goes both ways. But, but we have to, you know, I want to be clear that there's, you know, and I don't have a number for you, and I, I don't want to speculate, but there are not a a lot of searches on Baidu in in English. Just to be clear. Now, when making a uh, so, so making websites for the Chinese market, obviously it should be in Chinese. Um, how are the translation services? How how would you go about designing a website for the Chinese market from 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 North America? Yeah, that, that's a that's a really good question because I wouldn't design it in in North America, even even using a a native speaker that lived in America, um, because it's not just it's not just the words; it's the messaging. Um, Chinese websites, like many Asian websites, are a lot busier than than ours are. Um, that's why uh, that's why Baidu does so well compared to Google. Google, there's nothing on there. Uh, where Baidu is, you know, ha- has a lot more. Although they've they've trimmed down a little bit too. But um, for instance, Yahoo does really well in Japan because it's a it's a portal. Um, so, you know, th- that's what's going on. By the way, I, and I don't know if you know this, but in Japan, 
Yahoo and Google, uh, Google serving Yahoo results too. So there's a lot of different things going on um, outside the U.S. Or, or I should say in Asia, maybe maybe in in, in um, Europe, it's it's more the same as we see that we'd be we'd be shocked to hear in in the U.S. Well, one of the things, you know, this is this is recent news, and, and we're chatting about Google and and some of the the odd things that that happen over well not odd but different things that that happen yeah. over in Asia as opposed to our markets here um, and I'm sure you know and, and I'm about to mispronounce this is it Shihui um, Google Shihui anyway the the um, deals aggregate service that, that Google yeah. now launched into China um, now is this a how do you think that's that's actually going to go will this help them make a toehold into a, a newer market over in China or will this be something that that just dies as as fast as as it was born, or or, or could this really be something for Google? Well, I, I think when you're when you're looking at a market of 550 million people, any any part of that market share that you can grab, and I think that's that's kind of what's going on here is just you know expanding their footprint um, with, with different services. So, and there's a lot of that going on, and and it's it's changing all the time. It's really it's really tough to. Uh, uh, to keep up with, uh, with with those kind of things, and I'm not that deal. I'm not real clear on, but I think that's exactly what's happening. Is you know, the more services you have to offer, you can capture different parts of the market share that way, and, and I'm sure that's their uh, strategy in this case. Well, while we're on the topic, um, how relevant is Google in China? Does does Google have a good reputation in China? So yes, Google does well. Um, Google does that has made some what I consider missteps in China. I think the first thing was going in there and going in alone instead of partnering with somebody or, or trying to you know. And it's far from me to criticize Google. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, they've done a lot of right things. But but in China is a it's a different market and it's a very um, homegrown uh, services and products are are you know have an advantage. There's no doubt about it. Um, and then I think they kind of got caught up in the Chinese um, firewall kind of issues, and and there was a you know a, a lot going on there. So I d they still are though they still are being used. They're still they're still um, have a you know up to twenty percent of the market share, and the people that are using Google are typically um, in the urban areas more educated um, college students go to Google right away because maybe they do search in, in English and they get a, a lot you know a lot better results um, than they might from Baidu as, as far as maybe some international news now you know there is the Chinese firewall but I can tell you that that sophisticated Chinese don't let that bother them they're using proxy servers or they're, they're getting around those kind of things so it's not the it's not the kind of control that a lot of people in the West think um, there, there's ways to get around that that so that's happening as well whatever happened to Alibaba 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 does a really good job with their b2b business where they help companies uh, import and export um, they took over Yahoo, if you remember. They uh, Yahoo. They I, I think they had 51% share in there. And and uh, Jack Ma, who runs Alibaba, was you know all fired up about taking on Google and Baidu. And I think they just spread themselves too thin. They just they, you know they didn't really have a a good vision. Um, and so I think that's what's happened. Alibaba itself is doing well, but. Um, and, and then, in fact, they just came out with a, uh, an operating system, mobile operating system. So they're getting into all those kind of things. But their core competency is 
is kind of B two B online businesses. Okay. Um, I don't, I, uh, Yahoo Yahoo right now Yahoo China has a you know, very small market share in China now. Yeah, we let's not go there. <laughs> we we avoid we avoid Yahoo on this show unless we unless we need a good laugh line. Um, <laughs> look, you mentioned mobile uh, a few moments ago, and I'm what's the mobile market like in China? Okay, that's huge. Um, you know, again, I don't have those numbers in front of me, and 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 I wish I'd done a little more prep for you guys, but. Um, Huge market. You, you got to remember, particularly in, in countries like China and Southeast Asia, um, ownership of a home computer is expensive. Having um, having a you know the broadband um, access very expensive. So most people uh, use mobile, and mobile is huge in China. Texting and um, you know doing things online is just that's that's how. That's the majority of what's going on in China. There's more mobile units in China. So mobile is huge. Mobile is, is huge um, anywhere that there's not a lot of infrastructure where you can't have, you know, India is another example of, of a huge mobile thing. And I know I heard you guys talking uh, earlier about, about mobile and about the, the penetration. And, and, and I've talked a lot to Cindy Crum, and I think, and she's come out to, to Asia, and I think she's, um, kind of amazed every time she comes at what's happening in the in the mobile field out there. Okay, now we're we're getting into our last ten minutes. Actually, we're well into our last ten minutes, and um, you know we're we're all about action items here on the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys accomplish a lot. I, I get that. Okay. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm, I'm kind of teasing a couple other show hosts, but that's a, that's another thing altogether. Um, <laughs> uh, but seriously. A lot of our listeners, they want to sell stuff. They're, they're on the web to make money. And China is fascinating um, for a lot of reasons. It's the, the growing marketplace. North America is kind of a scary world to live in. Um, they want to sell stuff to the Chinese market um, in, I guess, 25 words or less. What's selling in China? Like, what, what yeah, products? That's another good question. Uh, one of the biggest growing markets in China is travel. And that's because, again, the, the, um, the rise of the middle class in China. And, and we, we've got to you know, forget this idea of China as a communist or socialist country. It, there, there's more capitalism going on in China than there is in the U.S. right now. Um, so because of this growing market, because of the entrepreneur um, growth there, because, because of the um, just the overall growth of the country, um, travel now people have disposable income I guess you could say and you wouldn't think that about a country like China but again travel is is huge um, another huge thing is education um, um, you know online education is great uh, helping Chinese students get to international schools uh, great so education is huge with the one-child policy parents are willing to spend and do spend 30 or 40 percent even more of their income towards their children's education. So that's another huge one, and those are the the top two off uh, the top of my mind. But anything that that so anything that helps with the education or anything that encourages travel, I guess, would be a, a, a okay. great mark. Well, the first the first part of the question was what's selling. The second part of the question is what's the best way to market it to them through web pages, through mobile pages, um, assuming it's Chinese language, of course, regionally, um, in general, like, seriously, 
What's the best way to target the Chinese consumer? Um, good market research is number one because you can't just say, oh, there's you know 550 million online users. I'm if I just get one percent of them, um, and and that's happened offline too. People have gone into that country. So one, good market research. Two, somebody that understands the Chinese market when it comes to search. Obviously, PPC Associates can can help anybody with that. But but I I really think that you need to vet that process and and not. Do it haphazardly and not use uh, Google Translate for your websites and not um, damage your credibility in China before you really get a chance to do that. Um, but but I can tell you that, that it's a lot of opportunity. At street level in China, what's the search marketing community like? Is there is there a growing one? Yeah, in fact, uh, um, Search Engine Strategies and Search Marketing Expo has been putting on um, putting on conferences there since I think the first one I went to there was in 2005 and it's it's really amazing you, you meet these people just like you do in the US at conferences and they're just passionate they really get it there's some really smart people um, I'll, I'll just give you a quick example this is a this is a guy in Singapore though not in China but the same kind of thing just a young unassuming guy and and um, he was working for me and took a Took a, a Fortune 500 company in China and like doubled their, you know, or halved their CPA, things like that. He actually won. A, there was a market motive contest for PPC. He actually won that. Here's this guy out of Singapore that won a contest against, you know, globally against everybody. So there is a lot of talent there. It's hard to find, but when you find it, it's amazing. Now, on on closing, and, and sometimes we we learn from the misery of others, unfortunately, what have been some of the biggest uh, disaster situations you've seen where where a company has tried to hit him? Where where would we find our our warnings from other people's experience? Uh, taking a going in with a cowboy attitude that we we know search in the U.S. and we've been doing it for this company, we can take them in there and get all five hundred fifty million people, uh, you know. Uh, buying from them. I, I think just that kind of attitude without really stepping into it without understanding the market. And you've, you've heard those stories about like Nova when it meant no go and yeah. those kind of things happen all the time. Even with, again, Fortune 500 companies that you think would know better. So, you know, understanding that every market in Asia and even, with, even within a country like China is different and good market research and uh, local um, localization, good localization is key. So, but because people don't do that, those are the those are the huge mistakes. I don't want to call any particular companies out, but I think that that's the general, um, typically the general uh, stumbling blocks. Now, one of the, I said last question, but now I've got another one. Um, <laughs> when we're dealing with with China and, and Chinese for language, of course, north to south, east to west, we're, we're dealing with different dialects of, of of the same core language. But I mean, there's there's you know, so many different permutations. How do you address that? Um, like, is there a way that you can go in with sort of a, a core central, um, you know, Chinese language and 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 assume everybody can can read it and, and we'll yeah. pick up the same nuances okay uh, that that's a that's a great question and even people that are sophisticated don't understand that so there are there are literally dozens of dialects even more than that in china spoken language 
When it comes to the written language, there's two forms. One is called traditional, and that's the language that's been, the Chinese language has been around. And the other is called simplified. And the Chinese government, uh, the communist government, when they took over, simplified it so more people could learn. So simplified Chinese is, is uh, typically used in uh, China, of course. And then traditional Chinese, the older Chinese, is used in Hong Kong uh, and Taiwan. So you have to understand that, that you don't want to use traditional Chinese if you're marketing to the mainland, I, I hate to use that term, or, or to the People's Republic of China. But if you're marketing to Taiwan or Hong Kong, you do want to use traditional tr Chinese. So it's the difference between the written form as opposed to the spoken form, which is Mandarin, Cantonese, um, Hokkien, all kinds of dialects. Okay, did I explain that well enough? Dude, that was perfect. And now, David, it sounds like, you know, professionally, your dance card is pretty full. But, um, you know, if there's companies in North America that, that, that do want to, you know, do business in, in Asia, do business with China, um, are, are you open? Do you have bandwidth to help them out? Yeah, I'm always, I'm always willing to talk to companies because I want to learn what, what it is companies really want from China other than just to go in there. So, so of course, that's my role. I'm global director here at, at PPC Associates. Um, so if you want to send me an email at david.temple at PPC Associates or um, if you just Google me, uh, I think you can, you can find my contact. But one caveat, and I need help from my, the SEO community or at least my friends, and that is um, the Google search results, there's a David Temple from Texas that murdered his wife. Okay, so that's not me, guys. Country, <laughs> but you think a guy that's been in this industry for twelve years would be able to do some online reputation management? Um, but but yeah, you can Google me, and if you just type in SEM after my name, you'll you'll certainly find my contacts. I just um, so thanks for asking, but yeah, I, I'd be very interested in in hearing com companies that do want to do that and and just their thoughts. You know, I, I learned from that too. Well. Um, David Temple, thank you so much for spending time with us on Webcology again. I, uh, on a personal note, we will be getting into trouble sometime again in the near future, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, well, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. We got SEM Synergy with uh, Bruce Clay and Virginia Nasi and the crew coming up right after, uh, well, after our news break and after these messages. Friends, we'll talk to you next week.